Cave Me La Falcha to everybody in the audience and this is your host Paul Perdue and my executive producer is Leslie Godbolt and how are you today Leslie? I am well, how are you Paul? Well I'm doing okay, I'm, uh, I'm sort of still in the land of the living and uh, enjoying this good weather that we're having. Ah, oh, gorgeous isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of people don't like the hot weather but I, I tend to enjoy the as it's coming into spring and getting near to summer. Well, I used to live in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. Have you ever been to Columbia, oh, South I have, Carolina? I have been to it. I, well, I drove through it, put it you that way. You drove through it. So some people say it's the hottest place on earth. So really, this weather is not hot to me. It, it, they say that Columbia is the hottest place on earth. That's what they say. And wow. you can feel it when you start to go into the town, into the city. It's like this wall of heat. Wow. And I never noticed it when I lived there, but after after I left, then I realized it. Well, that's very interesting. I, uh, you know, that's something that you've got my mind. I'll have to, I'll have to do a little bit of research. I yeah. thought now that is, is it because that the mountains are around you and it's sort of like pocketed? No, the it's flat right there. Oh, it's, it's flat, it's flat, flat. Yeah. It's flat for a ways before you get there, but not too far. Oh, okay. I don't know why it's so hot. Oh, I would have thought like the further south that you would go would get hotter, but you're. It, for some reason, it likes to settle in around Columbia. Oh, well, that's very interesting. Oh, Maybe are, are you becoming a weather show now? I don't, I don't <laughs> know about that. Oh, I better get back to it. Well, it, it was sort of very funny. Uh, my wife was uh, talking to somebody uh, last week uh, that heard the show up around near Waynesville because it's up, up there and uh, said... But I don't know what he's talking about, but I like it anyway. So probably I could talk about the weather, I could talk about anything, and it would be no problem. <laughs> so I don't know. So we'll just have to go and see. But um, yeah, the hot weather, I might, I might have to look back into Columbia again. Anyway, before we start the show, I'd like to welcome the new listeners in 540 WRGC in Sylvia. Serving the Western Region and V Radio 1490 serving Hickory to Morganton and of course 1350 WZGM in the Greater Asheville area. Thank you all for listening to, to the show. You can also hear the show on the TuneIn app. You can also uh, go onto my Facebook page called Talking Antiques. I have some podcasts that I put up there of the show. And uh, I do want you to um, get involved on it and let me know if there's anything you want me to talk about on the show or upcoming shows, please let me know. And um, you have any ideas, any complaints, anything at all, it doesn't really matter. I just want to hear. And you can send it to me privately or you can put it on the actual page. Uh, a lot of people... I tend to be a little bit nervous of putting stuff on the page because they're they're afraid that they might they might sound or look stupid and we don't want that to happen. But no matter how you get it to me, that it doesn't matter. I I will look at it and we'll get back and see if it's worthwhile doing the show on. So also before we get into the show. Uh, I, you know, if you're if you're on holidays and if you're down around the the historical Biltmore Village, you know, why don't you go and look for uh, Village Antiques? Village Antiques is the sponsor of the show, and I would love if you go in there and say hello to Terry and David, and you know, have a look at all the furniture and 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 see if there's something that you want to get for your girlfriend, boyfriend, something for your house, something you know for to do up your house or maybe to 
that you want to get a uh, you know you want to do commissions or you want to get something in particular or anything anyway they're a day around 755 Biltmore Avenue so if you get a chance take a look and go into Biltmore uh, if when you're in the Biltmore historical district go to Village Antiques and have a look now t- today's show I'm going to start t- today's show I'm not going to sort of say what it's about just yet but I'm just going to start today's show with a little poem or a little jingle, it was a jingle or a poem, and it's and it goes like this: Two birds flying high, a Chinese vessel sailing by, a bridge with three men, sometimes four, a willow tree hanging o'er, a Chinese temple there it stands, built upon the river sands, an apple tree with apples on, a crooked fence to end my song now that little verse or that little poem tells the story of a lovely Chinese maiden Kuli I think is the way her name is pronounced whose affections were bestowed upon her father's secretary his name was Chang but who was commanded by her parents to wed a wealthy rival suitor she refused to comply with their wishes whereupon her enraged father locked her in the little house not far from the temple he also banned and barred his secretary Jan from coming onto his estate so he built a wall around it while she was in the little house she managed to send a message to her lover stating gather thy blossoms ere it will be stolen he he encouraged by that Chan succeeded in entering the orchard the apple orchard and carried off his beloved they ran across the bridge with Chan carrying her box of jewels while the father following hard after them armed with a whip the one like uh, the one like Leslie has in the corner accomplished by the disgruntled lover. The couple made good their escape in the Chinese ship sailing by, that's in the poem, and sailed and landed onto an island where they took refuge in a little wooden house. But the father and the discarded lover tracked them down and set fire to the house while they were sleeping, and so the lovers perished. Next morning from the ashes rose their spirit in the form of two doves with outstretched wings flying off to the realm of eternal happiness. No one knows the origin of this story. It was was told in China more than 1,000 years ago and brought over from the eastern lands by the crusaders. Now, in about 1780, one Thomas Minton, Minton of Mintonware designed a pattern and brought and, and it was bought from him by Thomas Turner, a famous potter, manager of the Shropshire Pottery. And of course, this is called the Willow Pattern. And the story is called the Willow Pattern. The whole thing is about the Willow Pattern as it is known today. 
1780 to 1800, the craze for collecting souvenirs from the East was at its height, and this dainty little design, so typical of Chinese people, instantly became popular. It was copied with some variations by other potters, and though at first sight all willow patterns look alike, the differences uh, the different makes can be distinguished by various small details such as the number of apples, the figures on the bridge, and the design of the crooked fence. Of course, some of the earlier patterns would uh, have no would not have the birds in the air and some earlier patterns would not have the bridge. All early, pat- uh, all early potters, however, used the same shade of cobalt blue and though we have since had many other shades of dark and lighter tones, even brown, pink, blues and blacks, the original cobalt blue has always remained first favourite. Now, when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about other things. So, you're listening to us on 540WORGC in the region, Sylvia region, Severn, the western region, sorry, and V Radio 1497, Hickory to Morganton, 1350 WCGM in the greater Asheville area. Please hold on and we'll be back in the second half. Well, welcome back to the second half of Talking Antiques, and this is your host, Paul Perdue. Um, I don't know if I said the, it, at the first one, I, I normally say K. Milafalcha, which is 100,000 welcomes. Did I say that the first time, Leslie? No, you did not. No. The, you see, I have to be on my best behavior with Leslie, because if I don't, she won't put the show out, and then I won't be on the air, and that, that is not going to happen. I, I have <laughs> to do my best. You do always do your best, Paul. Um, always. Well, you do. It, with your with your professionalism, I'm not going to make too many mistakes. Even though I do make mistakes, we and all be, do. You know, uh, the, before we get really get into the show, you know, the last two shows I was very nervous, probably because I have uh, you know people new stations on, and I was sort of wondering, you know, will they understand me with whatever. And one of the things that I always say to people is when you're collecting, you know, when you're collecting, have fun and enjoy your collecting. You know, don't take it to heart, like, unless you get really into serious collecting that you begin to garner your knowledge and know what you're talking about. And, you know, and I'm saying to people, enjoy, have fun, uh, enjoy the experience. And here I am sitting at the radio studio, shaking like a leaf, the last two shows because I was afraid to make mistakes. We'll all make mistakes, and I keep telling the people, don't worry about making mistakes. Just uh, learn from them and move forward. Exactly. So, yeah, with uh, with um, Leslie's guided hand, I will do much better. I know I will. So, be- before we move any further, I'd like to just thank all the... The listener, the new listeners of 540WRGC in Silva, serving the Western Region, and V Radio 1490, serving Hickory to Morganton, and of course 1350WG, 
WCGM in the Greater Asheville area. And uh, you can hear me on the Facebook page, or sorry, not hear me on the, well, you can actually hear me on the Facebook page on my podcast. And you can listen to the TuneIn app. You can hear the show on the TuneIn app. And I, I have podcasts there. So on the second half of the show, the first half of the show, I was talking about, you know, the the poem or the, the story about the Willow Patron and how the Willow Patron came about and why that the Willow Patron is one of the most sought after or the most, uh, how would I put it, copied and most done designs since the 1780s. It's been going, you can get it today. You can get the Willow Patron on everything today, it cups, mugs, no matter what, on, on, you know, pens, you can get it everywhere. But it was such it, it was such a, a great delight to have it in, in, in the early days because the English, of course, the English was the empire, so their empire spread far and wide. And they really loved their, their Orientals. Like, bef- after that, you had the Egyptians, and before that, it was the Chinese. But I just want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, blue and white. You know, blue and white, like the, if you look at the um, uh, Willow Patron, it is blue and white. And it's mostly transfer wear. But blue and white was also very, very big in Europe. But it started in China, in basically in the 14th century. That's in the 1300s. And the trade development of the blue and white was in China, where it was progressively replaced the century-long tradition of bluish white wear, which was sort of like, it, it was like white wear with a bluish tint to it. So they decided to, to go and go, go off that and go into this sort of blue and white actual, where it would be painted blue. And you might know it more like in, in Dutch wear, you know, like where uh, Dutch tiles were the blue and white, you might know that uh, of today at the modern. So then in the 15th century, you know, it, in the advent of the Min dynasty in 1368, blue and white was shunned for a while by the court. The emperor didn't like it, especially under the, the emperors, as being too foreign in inspiration. They thought it was not Chinese enough. So, you know, they, they, got, they decided not to produce it. But it eventually came back into prominence and it developed from there on some blue and white wear from the 16th century. So we're after going to the 14th and the 15th, we're now up to the 16th century. And like for people that don't understand the difference between the centuries, like the 14th century is the 1300s, the 15th century is the 1400s, and the 16th century is the 1500s. It's always sort of like, like we're in the 21st century, but it's still only the 2000s, but they always sort of, go that way so some blue and white wear of the 16th century were characteristic by islamic influences such as uh, from about the 1506 to about 1521 and sometimes bore uh, persian and arabic script and this was probably due to the uh, the influence of muslim servants serving at the emperor's court of course, in the 17th century, uh, numerous blue and white plates uh, were made for export 
an export person for the European markets. European symbols and scenes coexisted with Chinese scenes for this object, or for these objects. Then in the 18th century, the export uh, porcelain continued to be produced for the European markets. However, an early example of industrial spying was done in which the details of the Chinese porcelain manufacture was transmitted to Europe. All of a sudden, Chinese exports of porcelain soon shrank considerably, especially by the end of the reign of the Quilong Emperor. So basically, by the end of the 18th century, the Chinese had lost uh, the secret of how they did it, and it got over to Europe, and the Europeans decided to do it then. But then we have sort of Delftware, which is sort of uh, the Dutch. It's a blue and white pottery made in and around Delft in the Netherlands. In the tin glaze pottery, it's tin glaze pottery. It was made in the Netherlands from around the 16th century. Delftware, in the latter sense, is a type of pottery of which a white glaze is applied, usually decorated with metal oxides. Delftware include pottery objects of all descriptions such as plates, ornaments and tiles. Well then we come on to another uh, sort of like what is uh, blue and white which is transferware. And transferware is a style of ceramics including pottery, dinnerware and other delicate items. It uses transfer printings, a decorative technique which was developed in England in the mid 18. Uh, century, particularly around the Staffordshire region. The process started with the engraved copper plate, similar to those used for making paper engravings. The plate was used to print the pattern on tissue paper, then the tissue paper transferred to the fire at a low temperature kiln to fix the pattern. This was done in over and under glaze, and the underpinning method was also durable. The process produced fine lines similar to the engraved uh, prints of old books before transferring printed uh, before transferring printing ceramics were hand painted a laborious and costly project and uh, a lot of the factories that was royal staffage crown duncan alfred meekin spode johnson brothers and mason were fairly popular at doing that now you're listening to us on, we're coming near to the end of the show, you're listening to us on 540 WORGC in Silva, serving the Western region, and V Radio 1497 Hickory to Morganton, and of course 1350 WZGM in the Greater Asheville area. And always remember, no matter what you collect, no matter how long you collected, always enjoy the journey. And we'll see you the next time, hopefully, slon. <laughs>